Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. my counseling training he was one of the teachers that I had uh, that me and Pat both had out there so that's uh, that's excellent as the kids leave and as we're getting settled in to hear from the Word of God I want to just share with you just a couple things um, before I forget first of all there's a nice lady right there in the purple that you see see her right there her name is Zalita am I got that right Zalita Zalita just gave her life to Christ, and uh, she is here, and she's going back home, and she wanted a track to give. I gave her a track. She's going to take it back home, and she's going to try to uh, win her family in Guyana. Am I correct with that? In Guyana to Christ. Uh, she was led by her sister. That's, that's next to her. In the Lord, that is, uh, who we love here. So we praise the Lord for that. Um, well, something else I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, I wanted, there's something I want to do here, I've been wanting to do it for a while, about family. I want to get some pictures of uh, each family, their children, all right? They'll be coming here, just somebody with a camera, take the pictures, then we're going to put them into a card about this size that can fit into your Bible, the picture, little pictures of all the kids, and I, and I want to give them out as a prayer card for you to pray for this gen, next generation that's coming up. Uh, I, my father said he couldn't believe what, how... He got through his generation from the generation before. I said, I'm not sure how we're going to get through mine. And now when I think about these kids, I'm, I'm burdened for them awful uh, for what's going on and what they have to face in these days ahead. And I want to make sure that our church is praying for these children. Um, I, I still know people, when I did this before, still have those cards. These kids are now in their 30s. They still have those cards in their, in their uh, Bible praying for those families. I don't want to lose a single child, amen? And I need to get as many of us praying about that, and uh, we'll take care of that. I'm also going to ask Joanne um, uh, to send out some surveys. Uh, you don't have to take it down, Joanne. I'll meet with you and share with you this. Uh, and I would like to teach some, some courses here uh, for marriage and for um, child rearing and things like that. Uh, and I want to find out if there's any interest. In other words, if, the, if people say they couldn't make it on a Monday night or a Thursday night or whatever, then I'm not going to do it, uh, but I w would love to know if there's any interest there, so you will get something like that. I all, I've also made for March 5th a, a little uh, mailer um, card that you can send out to invite your friends and family and guests to come on that day. Uh, so um, I will talk to Joanne about that. She doesn't know all these things. I'm throwing this all on her right now, but she's good about this stuff, right? Yes. She's going, yes. Anyways, uh, so, and she'll get those out. Hopefully we can get those by next week, and uh, that will be good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, by the way, I, I'm going to go in competition with Pastor, uh, Pastor Pete. So if anybody wants to come to my Super Bowl party in our RV, you're welcome to come. <laughs> we might be able to house maybe three, three or four of you. No, I'm going to his, so don't be coming to mine. Now, what I'm about to preach, it's not easy to preach. 
Uh, it's not fun to preach. It's not something that I want to get up here and just, uh, it's like when you preach about hell. Uh, but Forrest Gump said something, or his, his mother told him something that he learned, if you remember, it says, uh, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And I want to tell you something, a lot of people live their lives like that. You know, it's just, well, it's just another piece of chocolate, and I have to deal with it, eat it, or whatever, and go through life. Uh, uh, many people live their lives like that. But many people also live their lives as, like the Super Bowl. And what I mean by that is hoping they're going to finish the game, they're going to come out on top, on the winning side, uh, and with the least amount of injuries or penalties in life, and, uh, you know, hoping that the coach won't, you know, uh, bench them uh, for some of the things they've done. And, and then just hope they get to the end, and, uh, and, uh, and that's how their life is. In other words, when it's over, it's over. You know, after the celebration, we just go into the grave, and nobody thinks about us. It's never again. Um, I want to just give this message uh, about wishful thinking. Now, I want you to turn to Matthew 7, uh, 21 with me, if you would, because today is Super Bowl Sunday, and it's a day that many men and women live for. You know, today men and women will lose all control, and mostly men, but some women, all control of themselves, cheering on their teams. And they will even pray to God, begging for him to give their team the victory. There will be, uh, be a lot of finger crossing. Hope he makes this field goal or whatever. And even promises will be made to God. Lord, if you let my, God, if you let my team win, you know, I promise I'll go to church. Or I promise I'll change my life around. It's amazing what we'll do for a Super Bowl. Um, so in Matthew 7, it really, bought, it, it really opens our eyes to a truth we, none of us really want to face. And I'm going to try to uh, give you that truth with as much compassion as I can. And I also want to tell you that this is mostly the choir I'm preaching to. So for most of you, it's not that much of a concern. I guess maybe it should be. Uh, but at least hopefully I, it convicts your heart of what I'm about to say. But Jesus said some very sobering words um, here that I want to read uh, to you as you read along with me. Verse 21, Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Please let that settle in. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. O my Father, there are not any more sobering words in the Bible, especially uh, for us who know we're saved and know there's a work to do and the work's not getting done. So I trust, Lord, that you'll help us at least allow this message, Lord, to prick our hearts so that we won't set still anymore and allow souls to enter into hell without us at least 
trying to reach them. And we'll just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Do you know the number one reason that I uh, am an independent, fundamental King James Baptist preacher? Here it is. Because it gives me the most confidence in my faith. Now, why is that? Because there's a lot out there that believe that you need to trust on Christ, and they teach that, and they're pretty faithful to it. But independent fundamentalism is something special to me. Why? Because for the most part, for the most part, we are not like Super Bowl fans who are just uh, wishful thinkers, right, that it'll go our way. And if it doesn't, we don't blame coaches or pastors or, you know, referees or poor plays or people, you know, for our own problems. We blame ourselves. We know that we're sinners and we know that we need a, needed a Savior and we gave our lives to Him. And as fundamental Baptists, for the most part, we're not compromisers, we're not quitters, uh, whiners, or those who blame others for things that, uh, that we didn't want to happen in our lives. So most everything we try to do is based on truth and the authority of God's Word. Um, that's why I'm an independent fundamental Baptist. And can I get an amen right there for that? You know, that's why I choose to be in a church where we don't get all hype and heft and uh, we, we stay strictly to the Word of God and the, God's music. And we don't twist God's Word to meet our emotional needs. Uh, we don't tweak God's Word to make it easier to read or give it more appeal to the masses. You know, we don't twiddle with God's Word trying to make it fit into every difficult lifestyle or different lifestyle. And most importantly, we don't two-time His Word by giving, it to, uh, giving in to other versions of it. I'm okay with the King James. And I'll always be okay with the King James. And I, I don't need to be convinced of anything. Uh, it's, it's convinced my heart a long time ago, and that's why I'm still there. So we just simply trust it. We stand upon it as our sole authority for life and practice. Um, and as a result, what does it do? It eliminates all the false teachings, all the false hopes, and listen, and all the wishful thinking, which is very dangerous, and it's very prevalent today in our society. Uh, independent fundamental Baptists are not hope so Christians. They are no so Christians. I know that I'm saved. There's no doubt. I know that I'm saved. And I hope you do too. If you don't, by the end of this message, I hope you make a decision to get saved. But I want to take it one step further. We are also not trying to convince God to align with what we believe. That's what's happening out there today. We accept what he said. Thus saith the Lord, that settles it. And our opinions don't matter. We just obey it and we try to live it. Some say God said it and I believe it, so that settles it. But a more truthful statement is God said it and that settles it whether you believe it or not. So it's not the word of God for my life. It's my life for the word of God. Amen? So there's a day coming when even many Christians will look like fools. When they'll stand in judgment in the presence of Christ because of all the compromises they've made in this life to align the Word of God, right, with their own beliefs. To atone for all their own sin with misrepresentations of the Word of God and to amend or change the Word of God for their own comp compromises and comforts. It's happening everywhere right now.
I shudder to think about those who live their lives thinking they're going to convince God that the wrong thing they were doing was the right thing for them. I, I shudder to think about the family and friends who will stand, my family and friends, who are going to stand before God in judgment trying to convince God what they were doing was moral and um, right. When his word specifically shows him, them, that they were wrong and it was immoral that the things that they were doing. We would never be involved in, we should never be involved in anything that is immoral, illegal, improper, or illicit. You know, unbiblical and unethical behavior now saturates our society and fills the hearts and minds of our children like no other time in history. And you wonder why I want to have a prayer card with all of our kids in our church in that Bible so that when you take it out and read, you will pray for them? I shudder to think of all those in the gay lifestyles and those in the transgender transitioning process or the transvestite communities who will stand before God, now listen to me, in judgment trying to prove to God that he made them that way. I shudder to think of all those pro-choice people standing at the judgment seat of God trying to convince him that their rights were more important than the babies he put in their wombs. I shudder to think about these wishful thinkers with their souls at stake, right? I shudder to think of all those confident Calvinists out there who will stand before God in judgment and try to convince him he is a God of limited atonement. Can you imagine that? Trying to tell God who he is instead of accepting him for who he is. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Listen, the Bible clearly teaches that Jesus tasted death for every man, every woman, every child. You can't save the wrong person. He didn't die to save some. He died to save all. 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 6 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved, to come unto the knowledge of truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for how many? All. Oh, everybody. To be testified in due time. I shudder to think of all those who profess to know him and dress illicitly or immodestly. Little, little clothing on them, thinking God only cares about their hearts and not about their appearances. Boy, have we gotten off track on that. You know, God does care. You know, they take the scripture, verse 16, uh, 1 Samuel 16, 7, to defend themselves. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for a man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You know what they do when they make that statement? They're saying, oh, that's only what I, inside of me that counts. They take every other scripture in, in, in the Bible and throw it in the trash basket about dressing modestly. He does look on the heart, but the Bible is full of passages that say he also is concerned about the outside, about the way we look on the outside, the way we cover ourselves, because the way we dress ourselves reveals our heart concerning our Savior and His holiness and His, and his, you know, his honor. 
So I shudder to think about those who say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Do you realize I run into them, I run into them every week? I don't need to be a part of a church to be a Christian. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. See, the fla that flag that's a flagrant offense to God. They flagrantly miss church services, thinking God cares little about church attendance. And, and, and by their fruit, they reveal their ignorance of Scripture. Because that's not what the Scripture teaches. It says right here, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. It says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, let us consider one another provoke unto love and of good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. Well, there's a lot of some is out there. Right now, they're just saying, I don't need to go to church to be in love with God or for God to help me. I want to tell you, that's a lie from the pits of hell. He wants you in this building, in church, serving him and, and in service, you know, so that uh, he can be with you together corporately, that you can grow together. You can raise children and pray for them and, and help them in their walk with life. I shudder to think of those who drink alcohol, watch porn, Gamble. And by the way, that includes lotteries. And have sexual relations outside of marriage. Standing before God, trying to convince him it was all okay. It's all all right. All of these things God clearly rejects in his word. They stand, they'll stand before God in judgment, thinking they're going to convince him it was all innocent behavior, all insignificant, as far as heaven because he loves me, and that's all that matters. Well, that's not all that matters. It matters a lot. But because of that love for you, by the way, he put his son on the cross to die in your place. So when I think of how we have shunned God, conveniently spun his word to fit our sinful lifestyles, to do what we want, lifestyles, to do what we want to do instead of what he told us to do, I'm telling you, sometimes I cry myself to sleep. Because it saddens me so much. Because I love people. I honestly do. I'm not, I'm not trying to convince you of that by keep telling you it, but I honestly do. I love the different people. Different shapes, different styles, different personalities. I love them all. Not all of them love me. It doesn't really matter to me. To selfishly try and accommodate our lack of self-control as a right, expecting God to overlook our actions... In doing so is sad, and it's very dangerous. So it's living according to wishful thinking. That's all it is. It's just wishful thinking. And there's going to be a payday one day. There's a famous message that was preached, payday someday is coming. Where they wish they had listened and they had followed him. Would they wish they had made it more important to be in church and hear from him and get guidance from him and know what to do in their lives? Millions and millions of souls, they sound a little bit like Donald Trump there, millions and millions and millions, listen, of souls standing in judgment as wishful thinkers. This message is simple and it's short. Wake up. Wake up before it's too late. Because the Super Bowl is just here once a year. It's nothing compared to eternity. It's not even on the radar when it comes to judgment. Millions and millions of people will be watching that today. Millions and millions of people standing in judgment. Listen, 
thinking they'll convince God to have mercy on them or that he should be rewarding them when they blatantly ignored him and disregarded his word. It's very, very heartbreaking. It's hard for me to even say these things and to preach these things. But these verses that we just read should bring us to tears and more importantly to our knees. Do you realize, everybody, that hell is full of wishful thinkers? who mocked God's warnings in his life and, and, and gambled with their souls without considering the consequences at all. Just wishing or hoping that God's just going to overlook or give them a pass and they'll be okay. We all have friends and family like that, like that who, who we know are going to end up in hell because they have shunned God's son. They just pushed him aside in his word for their own pleasures. We all have family and friends who, are, who we know are going to miss out on the eternal rewards and blessings of God. We know that. And they think those few wonderful works they did is going to buy them many blessings. They, they think those few works of righteousness are going to buy them a rightful place right beside God and, and, and they'll get a pass from God's wrath. You see, they're thinking, this is what they're thinking. They're thinking that their sinful rebellion and willful disobedience against him can be negotiated later. Or overlooked because God's a loving God. We all know people who have ignored his word, compromised with his word, and they've done it with the devil, thinking God is going to overlook it because he is forgiving, merciful, and loving God. Did you see the Hollywood Awards just this past? I don't get, you won't watch TV, but I was watching the, that it was all satanic. The whole thing was satanic. This is where we've come to now. And the kids are watching it. People dressing with half half-naked and in, in red suits, uh, worshiping a Satan figure. Is anyone reading these verses today, everybody? I love you all. That's why I'm preaching this. Uh, are we seeing what's going on here? People are being rejected by God for, for wishful thinking here. That's all it is. Does this bother you? It should. You know why? Because we have some responsibility in it. We hold the truth. They need the truth. Hardly anyone anymore believes in the wrath of God against sin. We've completely wiped that right off, right off the... It's almost like Pontius Pilate. My hands are clean of that. I mean, God's not that way. Not everyone, he says, that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven... What's the Father's will? That you would trust on Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's no other way out of here. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Boy, that's quite a statement. I start a lot of my, my uh, prayers that way. Lord, Lord, this is Wade. I'm at your feet again. I'm struggling with something again, Lord. Look what he says. Lord, Lord, we have not prophesied... Have we not, and in thy name cast out devils, even done miracles, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then, what's he say? Well, I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Notice that Jesus said this. You've got to notice this. He said, I will profess unto them. Many will say to me, he said, I will profess, I never knew you. Do you know what's happening right here? Jesus is clearly identifying himself as their judge. Wow, 
Let that sink in for a minute. I don't want to tarnish anyone's image they have of Christ. What the Bible says, that he himself will be judged and he will be the one who casts them into hell for their unbelief. It's hard to even say that. But that's what the Bible says. We love to picture Jesus with this welcoming arms wide open, right? We love that. Yeah, that's good. Those same arms, though, who are welcoming believers will be the same arms casting unbelievers into hell one day. That's hard to preach. But now he is the Savior of our souls. But then he'll be the judge, passing sentence on our souls. We have convinced ourselves somehow that we can satisfy God's wrath without having to submit to his word. Oh, what a wicked web we have weaved. People are thinking they'll be okay, they'll be able to convince God to turn against his own word, and more importantly, his own son, to accommodate their desires. Does anybody like this message so far? I don't. People are thinking God will turn against his own son and all the sacrifices he had to make for us to save us from our sin. I can't even imagine hearing those words. I can't even imagine seeing someone else hear those words, right? I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. God help us. And God help us to come to our senses and run to Jesus. Listen to me. If there is anybody in here right now that doesn't know for sure they're saved and on their way to heaven... Run to Jesus. When I give this invitation in a minute, run to this altar. Bow yourself down before him and give your life to Jesus as quickly as you can. You know, I, I thought about even not giving this message. But listen, folks, when it's over, it's over. When the Super Bowl is over, they'll, you'll go on about your business. There'll be another game next year. But when your life is over, it's over. And you're either going to be in hell or you're going to be in heaven. You know, people, including some professing Christians, are building their hopes on sand. That's all they're doing. It's not going to stand in judgment. You know, I, I go to bed every night thinking about those I love that they're that they're thinking they're going to get, their way, get away with their actions at the judgment seat of God without being held accountable. And like I said before, it frightens me so much that I actually sometimes weep myself to sleep. You can ver verify that with my wife. It's the reason I have been sharing the gospel for 36 years now. From the day I got saved, I'm gonna, I was going to make sure everybody that heard my voice was going to heard my voice lift up Jesus. You know, Joseph told his brothers when they were in fear of his judgment, fear not, for I am, uh, for am I in the place of God. You know what he was saying? In other words, Joseph said, I'm not the one to fear. You know, God is the one to fear. And, and we all know that the two biggest problems we face today is we no longer fear God is one and the consequences for our sin. And the second thing is we no longer desire to please God in everything we do. We've got too many other things that give us pleasure. The world I know is now full of wishful thinkers, and they're headed to hell. And, and more now than ever before, these people think they're not wretched sinners. No. You know, who, who, who need mercy. They're just good people who've made a few mistakes and deserve His grace. 
And he's going to give it, by the way, because he's a loving God. And now because of some, a few TV prosperity pastors and evangelists, some even think they're so wonderful, God would never even do anything bad to them. I can almost vomit sometimes when I watch Joel Osteen. I mean, literally vomit. That these people are thinking that God is, doesn't care about your sin. He just loves you the way you are. God wouldn't even think of such a thing as sending your soul to hell. He never talks about hell. He never talks about sin. You know, Galatians 6, 7, and 8, Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall also reap, of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting you know, we will all stand in judgment. We won't be able to use any of our excuses. Does everybody understand that? So the best thing to do right now, before it's too late, is be honest with God now and give your life to him right now. If we confess our sins, this is for believers, but listen, if you're an unbeliever, good for you right now. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, and that's what a lot of the world is saying right now, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Does this scare anybody? It should. Because now is not the time to play Russian roulette with your soul. With sin's penalty, every chamber of the gun is loaded and every pull of the trigger sends you right into the eternal lake of fire. You need Jesus. You need to turn from your sin. You need to come to Jesus. Our God, listen to me, my Bible says our God is rich in mercy. If you'll just be honest with him, come to him and surrender and not slander him. If you'll repent and come to Jesus, he'll save you. He must be honest. He cannot lie. So be honest with him and with yourself. You can't fool him and you won't mock him. And you're not going to stand before him in judgment and convince him to do any other thing that he's already told you he's going to do. If you're a sinner and have broken the law, if you've lied once, you're a liar. If you've lusted once, I don't even want to go into all of that. I, listen, you must do it his way. There is no other way. Jesus is the only way to approach God and be accepted in heaven. And I want to give an invitation. He will receive you, not reject you, but you must, you must recognize you're lost. You're dead in your sin, and you must receive Jesus Christ by faith and be imputed are covered with his righteousness. It's the only way that you're going to be able to walk through the gates of heaven and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. If you are a believer thinking God is going to overlook your disobedience, you couldn't be further from the truth. Listen, uh, you need to repent and you need to return to him. We've all broken God's laws and cannot escape this fate on our own merits. The only way we can escape from the wrath of God against sin is through Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad he does love us? 
enough to sacrifice his own son and give him to us. To put him in our place. We can hide. Do you understand this? That we can hide under the blood of Jesus as God judges the world. His blood will cover you and his wrath will pass over you. You will be forgiven of your sins and be forever secure in the merciful, masterful, nail-pierced hands of Jesus Christ. We're all going to stand in judgment, everybody. And we're not going to convince God we're innocent or uninformed. But if we trust on Jesus Christ, we don't have to convince him of anything. If he were to ask you right now, why should I let you into heaven? And you don't have an answer for that? You're in trouble. Because I know why he's going to let me. I'm under the blood of Jesus. That precious blood. He saved me. I'm not coming in on my own merits. I'm coming in under his merits. I'm not coming in in my own righteousness. I'm coming in in his righteousness. You know what God's going to say? Come on in. We are all going to stand in judgment. You're going to stand before a holy, righteous God, and it's going to be about what you did with Jesus, and that's it. The living Son of God, the sacrificial Lamb of God, given to you because he loved you. That's what love's all about. That's what true love is. I invite you now to call upon Jesus before it's too late. In a minute, I'm going to have Mike come up here and give an invitation. Well, he's, he's going to at least uh, follow through the invitation. Now, listen to me. The wishful sinner must turn from his or her sin and accept Jesus' invitation to come and be saved. If you're here, listen, I don't know if you're saved or unsaved. Only God knows that, but you know it too. But may I say this? I'll give a, a little how to do that in just a minute. But may I say this to the rest of us? Who are, there are some of us who are just wishful servants who must also turn from our wishful thinking. What do I mean by that? And we need to return to his work. Oh, I hope he saves these people. I hope he does this. I hope he does this. And we're doing nothing to be a part of that. You know, I hope someone gives that guy a track. I hope someone does this. You know, that's wishful thinking when you can be the one doing that. You can be the one taking the track to them. You can be the one sitting down with them and sharing with them the gospel. So with that said, who would be honest and say, the Lord is speaking to me this morning about my commitment to outreach, to about my commitment to reaching people in this area for Jesus Christ? Amen. Who by the raised hand would say that? Anybody? Amen. All over the place. Uh, who, who, would, who would say by the raised hand, will you pray for me, Pastor? I now realize this is serious business. Amen. I'll pray for you all. This is serious business this morning. There's no, this is no joking matter. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to in any way be a part of breaking the heart of my Savior again. You know, there's, I broke his heart for too long before I got saved, and I still break his heart every once in a while when I am saved. 
But I certainly want to stand there in judgment and break his heart again to have to watch him have to send people to hell. I mean, I can't even imagine him doing that without tears and without grief. But that's what he told us would happen if we won't listen to him. So with, with that said, is there anyone here who's being honest with God would say, I don't know if I'm truly saved, but I want to be saved. Anybody else, just by the raised hand, I'm not going to embarrass you, just straight, I'll see it. I truly want to be saved. I don't know exactly how, what I got to do, but I want to do it. Anybody here by the right stand at all? You, everybody's looking, too. I, I mean, they're not going to see it because everybody's about looking up at me. Usually I do this as a head bowed thing, but sometimes I think we give an easy way out that way. Anybody here at all that says, I, I don't know for sure if I am saved. I thought I was saved, but I want to make sure I'm saved. Anybody at all raise hand? All right, then we'll bow our heads now. For those who have, are within my voice and are not saved, you've got to admit to Jesus you're a sinner with no way to save yourself. You have to acknowledge that Jesus paid your sin debt by dying in your place. And you have to accept Jesus and his offer of salvation by faith. It's a free gift, and it's given out of love. All you need to do is turn from your sin. In other words, your unbelief. Turn from that unbelief. Recognize that you have failed your God. You have broken his laws. You have fell short. And then turn to him and ask you to save you. And God says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'll sincerely pray right now, Jesus, save me. Save me from my sin and I take you as my Savior. Will you? I want to tell you, if you will just do that and say yes to God right now, you will be safe and secure in God's family both now and forever. And the great news about that is right after you do it, the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit and you know it. And lastly, before I give it over to Mike, when God speaks to his servants, you know what he does? During these, I mean, he speaks, right, to the areas of your hearts that are backslidden. And he needs more control over. I don't know what that is. If that's you and there's something there, you can change that today. It, it, if you're, listen, you can change that today just by being honest with him. If you want prayer, with every head bowed, I'll pray for you. Is there anybody here by the raised hand? I will pray for you personally. I won't embarrass you right now. Amen. I see your hand. 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 Our God is faithful, and he wants to help you in those areas to get you back on track. It's really not that complicated. Listen, and your God is not that ruthless. He is a great in mercy. He is full of love and forgiveness. He does not want anyone to perish. And the thing is, is you're either walking with the Lord or you're walking away from the Lord. And what's it going to be? You can change all that today. It's either time to connect or reconnect, you know, depending upon where you are and who you are with Jesus. So as the music plays, as, as Mike comes up here and closes the service, if you're one who has raised your hand for any reason, I invite you to invite God either into your heart or to come. We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady.
would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.